Welcome to Sell Like You, the ultimate sales podcast that will teach you how to make sales your superpower, transform your mindset, and in doing so, explode your sales beyond your wildest dreams. I'm Harriet Meller, and over the last 17 years, I've helped hundreds of top companies around the world, including my own, make more money and qualify more leads using simple strategies that work. In this podcast, you'll learn how I generated over 10 million in annual sales, along with the sales techniques, processes, and tools that will work for you to generate more dream-aligned clients and scale your business beyond what you thought was possible. If you're sick of the boring, outdated, and pushy sales tactics of the past, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sell Like You podcast with me, Harriet Meller. Now we have been off air for a few weeks and we are so excited to be back, be back in your ears and be back with sales tools, tips, techniques, and all of the juicy information that comes with sales. And so to bring us back online, we are kicking off today's episode talking about outbound emails. Now, outbound emails is a hot topic always, along with many questions about emails, along with many questions about phone calls, but we're going to park phone calls today and we're going to talk about emails. Now, whenever we do a sales audit um, or we onboard a new client, we look at the communication that's already being utilized. We look at market trends. We test the market. We look at research. We get feedback from, from other industries and from other people within the sales industry. And so we're always looking at new techniques, new ways to approach. And ultimately, email hasn't really changed, but the way that people interact with email has. And I don't know if you're like me, uh, but I don't spend very much time in my inbox. I have my clients that utilize um, chat through Teams. I have got a project management tool that puts all of the things that I need to think about or know or reply to in there. So I spend very little time in my inbox. However, when I do see something that can pique my interest that's of relevance right there, right then, I will respond to it or I will at least read it. So when it comes to sending out emails, often salespeople will send an email because it feels easy. And it is, right? You write an email, you get an email address, you hit send, tick, job done. You can tell your manager that you've done 25 outreaches today and they've all been done via email. Now, what that does is number one is it creates a lazy salesperson. And number two, it's not going to get you where you want to be within that period of time because email is successful at getting your name seen. It's successful at building familiarity. It's successful as being used as a hinge point or anchor point to have a conversation where we want to ask for a call to action. That might be a meeting or a conversation or permission to share more. Now, when we get a reply from outbound emails, it's usually because we've hit the nail on the head. We've hit them at the right time. And timing is is everything when it comes to to immediate responses from email. Now, I'm speaking specifically to service based and to cold outreach for those businesses or people that have a really solid email database where you are nurturing and you are sharing updates and information. That's very different to a targeted outreach email. And so we're going to talk about a couple of things on today's episode. So the first is going to be around what is an outbound email? How do we use it? We're going to look at why people are becoming more skeptical of outbound emails. We're going to look at how we can use them as part of our sales process. We're going to talk about subject lines and also some of the biggest mistakes that I'm seeing when it comes to outbound emails. Now at Your Sales Co, we do a whole heap of services where we look at 
email, we look at communication, we look at outreach, we look at the entire sales process as part of our sales audits and onboarding. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see in email is that the emails are too long. Okay. First off, they are too long. Now, if they are too long, and this is the first time you're reaching out, you are going to completely lose the person you are sending that email to. It's going to look like a cold email. It's going to read like a cold email because the likelihood is that email will include things about you. It will include things about the business. It will include things about how you can work with you. And actually that doesn't work. It's about connecting and hooking them in with something that is relevant to them, their business or their industry, or that solves a problem that you believe they have or know that they have right now. So when it comes to reviewing an email, you can do this today. You can review your email. You can see how long it is. You can cut that right down. You can remove anything that says, I'd like to introduce myself. You can remove any attachments, any links, any information that has not been requested or that does not form an obvious part of the email. So that's going to be step number one. Now, when it comes to creating an email, we want to tell a story in a really short and succinct way, but we want to tell a story that will connect with them where we can highlight that we understand them, their industry, or their potential or existing pain points. Now, again, how do you do that quickly? You talk about an example client in that industry. And so if you are reaching out to a specific industry, let's use legal industry. I use this as a lot as an example for my clients. If you're reaching out to a legal industry, talk about the legal industry that you have worked within. What do you know about working with legal businesses? What are their challenges? What are their pain points? What is going to get them to say, yes, you understand me. You're speaking my language. Okay, I'll hear you out for 15 minutes. Think about that. And the way you find that information is by going back to your existing or previous clients and going back to what they exactly said. What was their pain point? What did they come to you with? What were they facing in their business? What had they tried that hadn't worked? So again, there's lots of things we can come back to when when we look back at past clients or we look at existing clients, we're able to find and uncover and then connect the dots. If that is totally alien to you and you're thinking, how on earth am I going to do that? I would recommend pausing here and going back to one of the other podcast episodes, which is about linking language. And that's going to allow you to pull that out. And then you can come back, pick up where you are and go from there. Okay. So we know that emails are generally seen as too long. We know that there's lots of information in there about introducing, about why you wanted to email them. And we don't make it enough about them. Now there's a really old school sales reminder, or I guess a G or, and what is the word where where we make that word shorter? I can't remember. It will come back to me. But the, the, the acronym, is it acronym? Um, it is WIFM. Now, WIFM stands in it for me. And WIFM has been something that has been, I used to have it as a post-it note, a yellow post-it note back in the UK when I was learning sales um, or when I had sales training. And it used to be stuck to my screen and it just had WIFM and it was what's in it for me. And it was a reminder to make everything that I do in my conversations, in my communication, in what I do for my clients about them. Same thing when it comes to selling, we share information about our other clients that are relating back to their challenge, problem, or outcome. We make them feel, or we we allow them to feel that we understand them, their problems or their outcomes because we've done it before. Okay. And we need to translate that into our emails. So when it comes to email, we want to make it short and succinct. 
Now, when it comes to subject lines, this is one of the most commonly asked questions I get. Once we create templates for, for, for our clients, they then talk to us about subject lines. Now, for anyone that has worked with me so far, we now include subject lines in our templates. But when it comes to templates and subject lines, um, we need to think about something that will intrigue them or will feel familiar. Okay. So when it comes to opening an email, if that email is too obvious or if that email is sounds spammy or feels spammy, then they're not going to open it. If it is feels like it's gone to everybody, so it's gone to 100 people plus, then it's going to feel spammy. Now, the emails that I'm suggesting that you write or that we're talking about today are very specific. Okay. These are not mass bulk emails. I do not want you to think that this is what we can do on mass. We have to start manually first and then we look at areas that we can automate. But when it comes to outreach, I want you to be specific. I want you to personalize. I want you to really target and hone in on those ideal clients. So when it comes to subject lines, we need to intrigue or we need to build familiarity. So the first and most simple subject line recommendation I give is to put your company name, the ampersand or an and sign and their company name. It allows the client to see their names together with yours. Okay. So they know that it's relevant to them. They know then that there's a company name here and it allows them to see them together. Okay. So that's one way. Another way is to talk about the outcome. Okay. So what outcome are you supporting people to do? Another great way to put in your subject line is to include their name. Now, again, if you are sending bulk, you can actually do this through bulk email. But if you are doing this individually, think about using their name again to build familiarity within there. So there's a couple of ideas again within there with subject lines. Now, there's lots of discussions at the moment around whether email is dead, whether email is going to support a sales outreach or sales engagement. Now, as I mentioned before, sale and email is a great way to connect. It's a great way to build familiarity. It's a great way to use it as an anchor point. So when you call, you've got something to reference. Now, the reason why people are becoming more skeptical of outreach emails, and this is why, again, I want them to be really tailored and specific and personalized is because chat GPT, because of AI, because of these bots that create these beautifully created emails that can sound and feel like you or can just create heaps and heaps and heaps of content that sound nothing like you and aren't really relevant to your audience as well. So there's two sides, depends on how you're using it. But the reason why I think people are seeing in the are seeing in the market that email isn't necessarily working or are skeptical is because there are so many tools. And we know that as consumers or as business employees or business owners is that we know that that is often the case. And so again, when we read an email, we're like, is this actually a, you know, A, is it worth me reading? B, is it actually written by a real person? And also we know that the email outreach has got one of the lowest conversions. Again, talking about cold outreach. Now, why would I then still recommend that you send email when it's got a low conversion? Because of all the reasons I just said there is that it's a great way to build familiarity. It's a great way to get your name seen. And if you've got a couple of reasons to reach out through email and through phone call and you tie in LinkedIn and you tie in the fact that you go to the similar networking events, or you maybe want to go old school and send something via post, it all works together. It's that collaboration of effort that will get you where you want to be. Now, again, as I said, phone calls will be a totally new episode, um, but phone call is the, is the, is the second piece to the email when you want that anchor point, when you want a reason to call and that gets you commitment. It gets you action because they either have to say yes or no. They have to communicate that to you. Whereas through email, they don't have to reply. And if they do reply and say no, 
that's it. That's the end of the road. Whereas if we email and tie it in with a phone call, we start to build this journey of communication and you never know where it's going to lead. Again, the feedback that I receive from clients is that when they get a reply from an email, it comes because they've caught them at the right time. It comes because they've been connected with them on LinkedIn for a number of weeks or a number of months and they've seen the content. They've started to build trust and again, familiarity, which is what helps us to connect and therefore sell. Okay. So we've got emails that certainly play their part. They are not the highest converting, but definitely can support when, when you are utilizing other efforts and when you can catch them at the right time and utilize them as an anchor point. We need to think about the subject line. We need to avoid the mistakes that we've just mentioned about the fact they're too long, too much about you or your company, or they include attachments. So there's some actions that you can take right now following today's episode and look at your emails. Now, again, talked about the fact that a follow-up call is going to be required for your, for your opportunities to take action. It's going to be able to, to have a conversation. Again, remember what I said before is the fact that I don't utilize email anywhere near as much as I used to. We've got incredible spam filters that stop things that we do not, that we are not accepting or that we do not recognize coming through. So again, there's lots of reasons why email is, is getting harder, but again, it's simple. It can be really effective and it doesn't take a lot of time. Now, when you are testing new emails or messages, we want to do that. We want to test them. And so if you want to try out and you're cutting your email right down, you want to try a couple of them, try 20 of them to one person, to one group of batch of people. Don't try 20 to one person. Uh, Let's try 20 to a batch. Let's try a different, a slightly tweaked message or a slightly tweaked subject line. Send that to another batch. When you look at great marketers, they do batch testing. And again, if anybody's using anything like Active Campaign, you can actually batch test marketing emails. And what that allows you to do is use the same content, but change the subject line. It allows you to keep the same subject line, but change the internal content. And when you do that, you get feedback. Same thing when it comes to ads. I've been recently testing some LinkedIn ads. We test, we have three different ads that go out. We test what gets the most clicks. We test what gets the most conversions. And then we tweak and reapply from there. So again, when it comes to testing emails, we need to spend the time to make sure that what we're utilizing actually works and is getting you the best results. Now, again, when it comes to outbound email, where do you get the contact details from? Now, one thing I do want to really stipulate here is that we need to be really careful about who we're emailing and how we're gathering that data. There are so many laws and rules around it, depending on your on your industry, depending on your location, depending on how you're gathering this data. So please be aware of that and go and find that out for yourself. I do not give advice on that, especially on the podcast, as it's too general. Now, in saying that, if you do want to, if you do want to go out there and get data, there is so much data at your fingertips. Now, utilizing something like LinkedIn, we can find people's names. When you click on contact, you'll find that often people have a mobile phone number or an email address. There are other tools such as Lucia or Zoom Info that will plug into things like LinkedIn or will plug into other things that are utilized across the internet and will allow you to capture people's data using those tools. Now, again, the beauty of those tools is that you get names, you get titles, you get jobs, you get email and phone number. Again, they are an investment. It's about utilizing them to the best of your ability. But honestly, there's probably a whole heap of information in your CRM, in your database that you haven't looked at, that you have not touched. 
And I would start there. And again, if you want some extra resources, go and listen to the other episodes on reigniting past clients. There's resources on the website as well. But again, work out what works, test it, try it again, tweak it, test it, try it again. Find out what works and utilize that. Gather information that's specific to industries that you would like to approach. Utilize stories and examples to connect with them on a totally different level. Now, again, I've mentioned this before, but I really don't want you to automate this process right now. I want you to test it and then you can look at automating it. As long as you can personalize it, you should be able to automate at the same time. But we don't want to automate first and test because we'll start burning leads, we'll start burning opportunities, and we want to give you the best success or the best opportunity for success. Okay. So personalize, personalize, personalize when it comes to outbound email, when it comes to anything, personalize it. The same thing with any content. If you are writing content for your LinkedIn and you are utilizing an example or story from the email outreach you're doing, think about an ideal persona. Think about an ideal client, get their name in your head and write content, write emails based on them specifically. Okay. It may take you a little bit longer, but the conversion will be higher. The return will be higher. So when it comes to activities and choosing what to do, choose a mix throughout your day. Find a way that works for you. Test it, try it, work out what works and do it on repeat. Do it consistently. Okay. So emails are not dead. They need to be used as part of a collaboration. They need to be utilized in a way that works for you, your ideal clients and the business and the message. And it needs to be part of a wider, broader process for you to get the most out of sending an email. I hope this episode was interesting. I hope it helped you. I hope it's giving you some food for thought when it comes to reviewing your own emails. As always, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Please let me know what you think of this episode or any of the other episodes that you've been listening to. Feel free to leave me a review and I will be back very soon with another episode filled with tools, tips and examples when it comes to sales. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for tuning into the Sell Like You podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe to never miss another one. A huge thank you to Vitality House for hosting today's recording. And I look forward to being back into your ears soon.